And now we will hear our two readings. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Kings, chapter 19, starting to read from verse 9. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken our covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I, am, I alone am left and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, Elisha son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mahola, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that not, has not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 52. This event happened just after Jesus had fed the 5,000. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the lake, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came toward them early in the morning, walking on the lake. He intended to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, 
for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart, be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. Can I let you into a little secret? I love the sea. This is the first time I've lived near the sea. I feel really spoilt, like properly really spoilt, like a child in a sweet shop. And I've been here a year and I still feel like a child in a sweet shop every time I get to the end of my road. I'm like, I can see the sea. I love going out into the water. And I quite like going out on a boat. A rib is quite exciting. I've been out on a couple of those. They're quite quick and a bit scary. Quite like a sailing boat. That's a bit scary too. And I have to say, occasionally I'm partial to a very large cruise ship. Sadly, it doesn't like me very much. I went on a mini cruise a few years ago to see how I might like it before committing to a slightly more expensive Caribbean cruise. And I absolutely loved it. I had a whale of a time. The only problem was sea legs. I didn't feel ill or sick. I didn't feel dizzy or even a little bit unwell. But when I put one foot in front of the other, it just didn't work. I swayed from side to side. Every time I tried to walk a bit further, I hit the side of the wall. I said to my husband, can't you feel that? He said, feel what? We haven't even moved yet, dear. We're still tied up. We got underway and I fell from side to side. At one point, one of the ship stewards says, oh dear, you've had a bit too much, dear. And I said, "Uh, teetotal, not a drop. So it might surprise you to know that I've taken on the role of chaplain to the Marine and Sea Cadets. Maybe they can cure me of my drunken sailor look. I wonder if the disciples thought for a moment that they were drunken sailors when they saw Jesus walking on the water. Were they seeing things? They thought they'd seen a ghost. From what we hear in Mark's account this morning, they had a hard night. It was rough water. They were straining at the oars, we hear, because the wind was against them. Looking at this really well-known passage for today, I was reflecting on why I appreciate Mark's encounter. The versions that appear in Matthew and John have a slightly different emphasis. Matthew introduces Peter's walk on the water towards Jesus. And in John's gospel, the story is much more terse and doesn't speak about the calm wind near the end of the story. But they do all begin with the disciples in rough water. 
And during the reading, we hear Mark's tone change from this kind of matter of fact. They were on the boat. It was a bit rough. They were rowing hard into something really descriptive, into a tone of articulating the amazement, the emotions. In the many paintings that depict this gospel story, however big the swell of waves that are painted, there is a peace and a serenity around Jesus, either around his person, quite often with a glow around his head, or the water beneath his feet. There are so many things we could learn from this gospel. We could focus on Jesus' ability to perform miracles. He has, in this story, recently gone up to a mountain by himself to pray after feeding 5,000 with small fish and loaves. And now here he is walking on water. We could explore the need for Jesus to demonstrate again to his disciples his divinity. We hear time and time again, don't we, that they didn't get it. And Jesus shows them many, many times, as well as trying to explain. Jesus calms the wind as he enters the boat. And this would have pointed the disciples towards God. God who they believed, who they knew, could control the wind and the rain, the sea and the stars. In my time reflecting on this reading for today, it was my sea legs that came to mind. How unsteady and wobbly I am, even if the boat is tied up. I can only imagine how many times I would stumble and fall if the sea was rough. And what a relief it would be to have Jesus to step on the ship to calm the wind. And I thought, life's a bit like that, a bit like the weather. There's a light wind sometimes. Occasionally, there's a blowing gale. And just some time to time, a full-on storm with rough sea. I have wobbles in my life when there's a difficult decision to make or a big life event coming up. And I'm confident in my faith, in Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, but I falter, and sometimes my faith is weak. Like Peter in the Matthew version of this reading, who walks on the water only to falter at the sight of the wind and sink. And when I falter, I too stumble and fall. But I know the Lord is by my side. And although I don't see it till afterwards, sometimes... Deep in my heart, I know it somewhere. In the first reading we heard this morning, we hear about Elijah, who we are often shown as a man with whom we might want to identify, a man of deep faith and obedience. And we might think we will always fall short. But Elijah had his moments. Queen Jezebel threatened Elijah and swore by the gods she served the ones he had just decisively defeated, that she was going to have him killed, and Elijah ran away in fear. As I was reading this part of Elijah's story, I did wonder what happened to the bold and courageous man of faith who had said over and over, God is by my side, I can do anything. Because from verse 9 onwards, we hear today that Elijah's struggling 
but God knows what's best for him. To meet with him, to get alongside him, to regain his balance, subdue the wobble. And he met God with a whisper. And in that whisper, he knew it was God. This is the Elijah I can relate to. For those times in my life when I felt a bit despondent or felt the struggles of the everyday stuff and sometimes felt an absence of God for no apparent reason whatsoever. And people watching from the outside might presume everything is fine and on the outside it is because I have a wonderful life. But... And we all have moments where there's a but. I'd imagine many of you can relate to a time in your life when there's been an internal or an external struggle, a wobble or a stumble, or even a fall amidst the storms of life. And I hope and pray that like me, you can find comfort in the Lord and Saviour who climbs into the boat of life and the storm calms even when we don't quite see it immediately. Reflecting on these readings for today helped me to remember that sometimes the presence of God, like his meeting with Elijah, like the peace brought to the boat by calming the wind, they're not always big, they're not always booming, they're not always really obvious. Sometimes it's subtle and it's a whisper or the wind just dies down. I'm reminded of the last lines of the wonderful hymn, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind. And my prayer today, speak through the earthquake, wind and fire. O still small voice of calm. O still small voice of calm. Amen.